want to ask for your prayers this morning as we try to speak with the thought that Lord has laid upon our hearts. You know, used to when I first started preaching about 10 years ago, I would always start off by telling everybody how unworthy I was. And then I came to the realization that when we think about it, we're all unworthy of the goodness of God. But brethren, I'm so thankful this morning that we serve a God who is worthy of all praise and honor and glory this morning. Got your Bibles? You want to follow along with us? We're going to start off in the first epistle or the first letter that Paul wrote to Timothy. I'm going to take my reading from the first chapter and the 12th verse. And Paul, as he was writing to the young preacher, he said, And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who hath enabled me, for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry, who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious, but I obtained mercy. Because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying. And worthy of all acceptation. That Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Of whom... I am chief. And we're going to stop right there for our reading. And uh, our thought this morning has already been said a couple times. How it's all about Jesus. You know, used to when I started preaching, I was about 15 years old when God called me to preach. and, And used to, I would get so upset whenever... Uh, you know, my, my first sermon, had uh, there was a lot of people that came in there in the congregation, and then I realized that it's not like that each time you get up to preach. The house ain't full like that, you know. It used to, I would focus on stuff like that, and that would cause me to be discouraged and, and be downhearted and, and almost be ashamed to preach a little bit. But then I realized something that when we preach, brethren, it, we don't preach for popularity. We don't preach for numbers. We don't preach for the approval of men. But we preach Christ Jesus and Him crucified. And we preach for the honor and glory of God. And I don't care if the whole world... You know, there's times that... 
in my life, in my ministry, in my pastorate, that people have turned their backs on me and my wife. And I tell you, I don't care if the whole world turns their back on me. I would rather have Jesus. I would rather preach Jesus because there's only one gospel out there and there's only one man who can save a soul. And I'm so thankful that as a 17 years ago, as a seven-year-old boy, I understood what it was like to be saved by the grace of God. I was so thankful that as a little sinner, how I went to the mourner's bench there at Pleasant Grove Church, and God reached down and saved my soul. I was able to put off the old man and walk in the new man. And Paul, he said, I think Christ Jesus said he counted me faithful to put me in the ministry because I was once a blasphemer. I was once a persecutor. I was once injurious. He uh, goes on and he says, but I obtained mercy. Oh, I obtained mercy. I'm so thankful that one day I obtained mercy from God. And he said, this is a faithful saying that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. You know, there's so many people out there when we, when I talk to them and have formal conversations, you start trying to tell them about what the Bible says or start telling them what the Lord has laid on your heart and they'll say something to the effect of, well, if that's your truth, then believe it. But I'll stick to my truth. I don't, that's the way our society is today. They think there's many form and concepts of truth. But I want to tell you this, brothers. There's only one truth. We only, and we read in John chapter 14 and verse 6 where Jesus even said, I am the way, the truth, the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but through and by me. Meaning there's only one person that we need to preach, and that's Jesus Christ Himself. No matter what people may think, I believe Brother Sablon stood up here yesterday and talked about how you know, at first, when Paul said at first, nobody was with me, but the Lord stood with me. I'm so thankful that God stands with us. And I tell you what, the Bible tells us, if God be for us, who can be against us? And we go on in Second Corinthians in the fourth chapter, Paul was writing to the church at Corinth. And he writes to them, he said, But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to those that are lost. We have a great responsibility today. There's a great responsibility on our shoulders that God hath called us to do. And I tell you what, brothers... This, is, this isn't something that you and I got to decide to do. This is what God has called us to do. 
He has put us in this field of labor. And I want to tell you this morning, my brothers, that since God has saved our souls and hath called us and put us into this field of labor, we need to do our very best to get the gospel out. The Bible says, He that hath an ear, let him hear what thus saith the Lord. We actually go and read in the book of Matthew where Jesus said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And then we read of another invitation in the book of Revelation where the writer said, The Spirit and the bride, they both say, Come. So then who needs to hear the gospel? Well, I'll tell you what, that four-letter word, come, C-O-M-E, you know, the children need to hear the gospel. The old folks need to hear the gospel. The middle-aged people need to hear the gospel. And if there's anybody left out of that, E means everybody needs to hear of the man, Jesus Christ. He needs to hear, and I tell you what, I am so thankful that Christ uh, came down and put upon him a, a earthly robe of flesh and died on the cross for my sin. But I'm so thankful that it doesn't end at the cross. I am so thankful that Christ rose again and he ascended to sit at the right hand of his Father, making intercession for man. I am so thankful that we are preaching of a living Savior, a living gospel, and as the Bible says, a living hope. (laughs) And then Paul goes on, he says, in whom the God of the world, this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves. But Christ Jesus, the Lord, and ourselves, your servants, for Jesus' sake. There's nothing special about me this morning. There's nothing special about me. I am just a a filthy worthless sinner in my mortal flesh. And there's times today that there's times that I don't study, I don't pray, and I don't preach like I ought to. But I tell you what, I can tell you of a man who on November the 12th of 2006 on a mourner's bench reached down from heaven, saved my soul and my friends because of that. I have something worth rejoicing about. Something worth telling the world about today. And then we go on and our main goal in our preaching is what we already said. Is to preach Christ Jesus and Him crucified. He's the only one. That's the only plan of salvation that there is today. And I want to tell you this morning, when we preach the truth of the Scriptures, Jesus said in John chapter uh, uh, 14, I believe it was, that He said that uh, the Spirit bears witness and will testify of Me. Uh, The Spirit bears witness to the truth. Ain't you thankful for that? Uh, 
bears witness to the truth of God. And I tell you what, I can't save anybody, but I can point them to the one who can. And I tell you what, after I do that, you know what? We ought to pray that God continues to work and stir in their hearts because He's the only one that can see the heart of man. And He's the only one who can take that filthy heart and dip it in the blood of Christ and make it white as snow. And I'm so thankful, as sometimes as we call it as an experiential salvation, I'm so thankful that I experienced that one day. And then we go on and we go to the book of John in the first chapter. And John writes, and he says, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. And he goes on down in the sixth verse, he said, But there was a man that was sent from God, whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light, that all men through him might believe he was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. Paul told us in another place, and I believe in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21, where he said that we are ambassadors for Christ. We represent Christ. We represent His church. We represent everything about Him. And my friends, I want to tell you this morning, as we, the same thing, when you look at the moon at night, it reflects the light of the sun. Just as you and I need to reflect the light of the Son of God. Because we're not that light. We won't ever be that light. But we're called to bear witness of that light. We're called to bear witness of the truth and preach the truth and nothing but the truth. Everything we do and say needs to be backed up solely and by nothing else except the Word of God and the Word of God alone. I've got several books at my house. And matter of fact, uh, Brother, Brother Dale there, he's uh, given me a bunch of books and I'm so thankful for that. And I love a lot of the writers that I read. But no book is as precious to me as the Word of God. I could... I could do away with all the books that I have. I could do away with all the Spurgeon uh, sermons that I've got. I could do away with all the commentaries i got. But at the end of the day, give me something that matters. And that is the truth of Jesus Christ, which is shown to us in the Word of God. And then we go on in the Scriptures. My time's about up. But we go on in the scriptures and reread in the book of Psalms. And I was thinking, I was thinking about this uh, uh, last night. How in our worship services, they need to exalt Christ, they need to lift him up. Not of ourselves, not of our own works or our own deeds. But it's all about Him. It's all about the work that He came down here and accomplished. It's all about Him today. And then we read 
in Psalms 107 where the writer was telling us, he said, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Who hath, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Oh, I believe we've got something to talk about today. He then goes, jumps on down in the sixth verse. He said, Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and He delivered them out of their distresses, and He led them forth by the right way that they might go to a city of habitation. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. For He satisfieth the longing soul and filleth the hungry soul with goodness. I've experienced that. I've experienced that. And I tell you what, when the Lord saved my soul, I've never had to hunger and thirst for salvation ever again. It's something I can... I'm not a gambling person, but it's something I can take to the bank and count on. I tell you what, oh, that's what I'm counting on, my brothers. Oh, what the Lord did for me... That's what's gonna, that's what I'm counting on, and that's what assures me that this world is not my home, and I'm just passing through this. And one day, I've never seen my Jesus, but the Bible tells us in Revelation 22 that they shall see his face. I've never seen him, but I'm looking forward to the day that I do. Matter of fact, we can go on and read about that glorious city and that glorious place that the Lord is preparing. And it talks about in John where it talked about the streets are of gold. And there's been some people who to question whether or not it's actual gold or whether that was just a... Uh, uh, figurative of speech. Well, I tell you what, and I've never seen it before until about a couple years ago. But when I read that, brothers, you know what that means. The most valuable thing that we count, the, mo- the, the, the precious thing here on this earth that we count and deem as valuable, we're just going like, to walk right on top of it. Because nothing is as valuable as the Lord Jesus. That's why He needs to be preached. That's why He needs to be sung about. That's why we need to bear witness of Him. Because nothing is more precious in this life than for somebody to know by the grace of God, through the grace of God, of the Lord Jesus. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. I'm done. That's all Lord is placed by my heart, Brother Brad. I turn it to you.